Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. Liquidchurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. Let's give the band another hand, huh? Good times. Good times. <laughs> They did a phenomenal job. You know, they've just done a phenomenal job throughout this whole series. And, you know, that last number that they just played there, if today was your last day, well, I don't, I don't know if you knew this, but a little bit of trivia here. Let's start out. Um, Canada's number one export to the U.S., I don't know if you knew this, is actually not maple syrup, nor is it even hockey players for that matter. No, no, no. Canada's number one export to the U.S. is actually a collection of songs that comes from this Canadian rock band that you just heard, Nickelback, right? I mean, uh, I know that's a little bit surprising, but as a matter of fact, Nickelback, though, they actually have sold over 30 million records worldwide for the past decade, and they are only, check this out, they're only second to the Beatles as the top-selling foreign band in the U.S. That's right. Nickelback has actually sold more records here in the U.S. since the year 2000 than the Rolling Stones, Coldplay, Muse, Oasis, and yes, even more than you too. Can you believe that? Go ahead, look it up. It's on Wikipedia. I don't know why we're clapping, but anyways, <laughs> personally, to be, to be honest, though, uh, before this series, I couldn't name a single Nickelback song, uh, but now I can name one. Anyways, and I tell you what, though, this song and its video actually prove pretty compelling as they ask the interesting question, and that is, if today, if today were your last day, how would it be different? I know some of you, you saw that video there, and in fact, you, you see in that video, you see these like, starts out with these two shady looking kids, right? They're dressed in all black, they're kind of stuffing their backpacks with cameras and equipment, and, and you start thinking, oh no, they, they got to be up to no good, probably going to blow something up, you know, up to some sort of trouble, and, and then you see like a, in another uh, scene, you see like this guy, he's dressed up in a suit, he's kind of looking a little shady, he's, he's at a bank, and he slips a piece of paper to the teller, and, and, and the teller kind of looks at him like all weird and and then she starts pulling out stacks and stacks of hundred dollar bills all of which this guy just starts stuffing into his bag i mean something is up here right i mean that, that, that's what we're thinking and, and the song actually continues with these lines if today was your last day and tomorrow was too late would you would you live each moment like your last and so and, and so what's interesting here is that we start seeing that these kids they're actually not up to destruction at all. In fact, they start showering the streets, right, with, with these little notes of encouragement. Call an old friend. It's, it's never too late. Forgive your enemy. Live each moment, right? And, and the guy from the bank, you know, he's wearing the suit. But we see him actually going around town, and, and he's actually handing out $100 bills to people on the streets. Right? It's a pretty interesting scenario to see how people would respond if they absolutely knew that today was their last day. So folks, I just want to pause here and, and ask you, right? It's a natural question. Let me ask you, if today were your last day, 
We don't have to be all literal here, right? In fact, let's, let's, give you, let's give you a month. Let's give you about 30 more days to live. If you knew you had about 30 more days left to live, what would you do tomorrow? How would your life change? What, what, what would you do? Because here, here, here's the thing, folks. Not to be too blunt here, I mean, but we all know, we all understand that our days here are actually numbered, right? Uh, some of you might be thinking right now, well, what is happening here? Why? I, I came to church today for a little pick-me-up, right? But now I'm feeling like doom and gloom. I mean, I want my money back. Give me that back, that bucket, you know? But, but seriously, though, we all know that there are very few guarantees in life. But one of them, one of them is that each of us will have a last day. I know, it's a sober thought. I mean, none of us actually likes to think about it, right? No, we, none of us wants to think about death. We, we, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to think about it, but it's there, 100% guaranteed. And the sooner, actually, we come to grips with that, the reality of our last day, the sooner we can begin to truly live. And, you know, it, it's, it's that kind of stone-cold, piercing reality, that kind of insight that we see throughout all of the scriptures. So we're actually going to do a little Bible hopping today, okay? And we'll start with the Old Testament book of Psalms. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 39. We can get the house lights on a little bit. Psalm 39, verses 4 through 5. It's found on page 393 in your Bibles, okay? And check out what the experienced perspective of King David has to offer us concerning the brevity of life and the certainty of death. I know, it's a little bit of soberness here, but let's listen to his words here. Psalm 39, verse 4 says this, Show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life. You have made my days a mere hand breath, basically the width of your hand. Everyone look at your, the, your hand right now. Very small, right? The width of your hand in, in comparison to all things. You have made my days a, a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Each man's life is but a breath. You know, what's interesting here is that later on in the same book of the Psalms, there's another spiritual giant. His name is Moses. Uh, he actually says something very similar. Uh, let's check out his one-liner. Let, let's read this together. Found on page, uh, seven, uh, Psalm 90 there, uh, verse 12, it says this. Teach us to what? Number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Hmm. So let's just say here, let's just say that the average age is about 70 years, right? Let's just pretend and teach us to number our days. You know, you know how many days are in 70 years? I actually did the math here. It's 25,550 days. Teach us to number our days. 25,550 days equals 70 years. Now, little confession here, I'm actually 35 years old, right? So, so I've got about, uh, about 12,700 days left, depending on what I do with bacon. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> point, it's a really sober one here. Life is short. Our days are numbered, and everybody here has a last day. 
And, and so that's actually a very prominent thread stitched throughout all of the scriptures. But for right now, I want to introduce you to a woman named Stacy. Uh, Stacy's actually going to help us face the stone-cold reality that our days are actually numbered. You see, Stacy, Stacy's actually a mom. All right, she's got two little daughters. She's a wife. Uh, she herself is a daughter. In fact, uh, she was actually uh, pretty involved at her church as well. She actually led the worship band and everything. But doctors, you see, doctors have actually put a number on Stacy's days. And, and, and so remember, remember how uh, just a few moments ago I asked you uh, if you knew that you only had about 30 days to live, what would you do tomorrow? Remember when I asked you that? Well, well for someone like Stacy, that's actually not an option. Uh, for someone like Stacy, that, that's actually a real life day by day reality. Well, I'm, I'm kind of everyone's, every breast cancer survivor's worst nightmare, really, because I was first diagnosed in 2004 um, with stage one. And I came back with my nodes clean and everything, and I, I did chemo, and I, I did the double mastectomy. I did everything right. And, but for some odd reason, um, the cancer went to the lymph node behind my breastbone, which is practically unheard of. And so it was allowed to grow there for several years, it didn't cause me any problems, and now it's in my bones, so I'm considered stage four, and um, unless there's a miracle, you know, I'm gonna be going home soon. And I'm kind of double-minded about it because there's part of me that is kind of excited in a weird way, you know, because I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going and it's gonna be a great place. And then, but there's this other part of me that's not ready to go yet, I'm, I'm I'm just, I'm too young. And I feel for the people that I'm leaving behind, you know, especially my girls. <sighs> Probably not going to see them grow up, you know. I feel cheated out of grandbabies. I feel cheated out of weddings. I, I feel, you know, I'm double-minded. I have this, this, I have this argument with myself. Two different feelings about this same thing, you know? And I feel for people who don't have a relationship with God and they're going through this. I don't know how they did it. I really don't. And I even feel for those people who maybe do have a relationship but don't really know Him. I mean, know Him to the very core of your being. Know that He is good. Know that He loves you because it, sometimes it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like He's good. And it doesn't seem like He loves me. You know, and, but since I know that with every inch of me, you know, that's, that's my hope and that's my comfort. And I, I really do feel for anyone who does not have that foundation. I mean, that, that part about leaving behind her girls, right? You know, probably not going to be able to see them grow out, uh, up. I, I feel cheated out of weddings. I, I feel cheated out of grandbabies. I mean, folks... If we only knew, if we only felt the reality that our days are actually numbered, if we only lived with our last day in mind, I am like so convinced that every single person in this room that's listening, we would live so differently today. But the problem is, no one really knows, right? 
I mean, I mean we, we, we don't really like to think about it, but, but we all get the reality of Psalm 90, don't we? That our days are numbered. Now, no one really knows if, if that number is closer to 30 days or 30 years or even 30 seconds from now, right? I mean, we all want, uh, maybe we all assume it's, it's 30 years or more, but no one really knows, right? And so it's with that in mind that the New Testament writer, I told you we'd be kind of jumping around in our scriptures today, uh, go ahead and look with me at James chapter 4, it's found on page 838 in your Bibles, we get a little house lights on here, James chapter 4, verse 13 says this, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, why, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. See, James is reminding us right now, you and I are like a mist that appears for a little while and then poof, gone. Fortunately, though, we, we see three principles emerging from the scriptures. And, and, and the first one, if, if you like taking notes, is this. Because our days are numbered, number one, get out of the when-then business. Because our days are numbered, you need to get out of the when-then business. And what, what do I mean by when-then? Well, I don't know if you're like me, but I'll just be completely honest here. A lot of times I totally feel like I'm sort of like I'm sort of wishing my life away. You know what I'm talking about? I, I see some of you nodding here. I, I, I start thinking things like, ah, oh, you know, well, when such and such happens, then my life will be better, right? Or, or one day when everything is just the way that I want it to be, then I'll fully engage on what God is calling me to do and, and how he has created me. I, I think the writer Emerson said it best. He said, we are always getting ready to live, but never living. Hmm. Now, now I, I don't know how this all plays out for you, but I've, I've actually sat and talked with a lot of you over the years and, 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 and in ministry and being a pastor, and everyone has got their different when-then stories, right? Maybe it's a single person who says, one day, when I get married, then I'll be happy. Uh, as I get older, I actually meet, though, a, a lot of married people who say, when I get my walking papers, then I'll feel free. Right? Or, or a, family, a, a family who says, you know, when we get out of debt, then we'll try to tithe. Right? Or a professional who says something like, you know, they, they start thinking, when my career is firmly established, then I'll spend time with my family. See, but the problem is, folks, then rarely comes. You see, later does not always exist in God's economy. Just look back at James chapter 4. It says, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this city or that city and, and spend a year there, carry on business and, and make money. Why, you do not even know 
what will happen tomorrow? Folks, one of the greatest tragedies of life is not that it ends too soon. It's that we wait too long for it to begin. So folks, here's the deal. We need to get out of the when-then business because in case you haven't realized it yet, life's got wings. Like it literally, it literally flies by. I've been meeting with, with, with some of you, right, uh, couples, some of the couples in our church. You're, you're getting married soon and planning wedding, weddings and, uh, you know, been doing a little bit of mentoring, walking through the ceremony. And, and sometimes, I have to be honest here, I know, Tom, you're looking at me over there. Uh, I have to be honest, I actually catch myself uh, thinking in the back of my mind as I'm talking to this, this young, this handsome couple, I, I'm thinking to myself in the back of my mind, kind of listening to, okay, uh-huh, in the back of my mind I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I used to be him. I used to be 30 pounds lighter, a younger, handsome newlywed. And then all I did was blink. And now, now when I wake up in the morning, it's like any of you go, I I get out of bed and literally I'm like walking like this to the bathroom because my back is so sore. I'm just, I can't even sleep right, you know? All I did was blink. And almost 10 years flew by, and now all of a sudden, I got three kids, and two of them are already telling me what to do, when to do it, and how what I'm doing is currently wrong, and the only reason why the third one doesn't is because she's too young, and all she does is poop on me. All I did was blink. That's all I did. I just blinked. So folks, the scriptures are doing us a favor here. They're reminding us that, you know what, our days are numbered, so get out of the business. Of when then? And, and, and the way you do this, no matter where you are, is that if you're a wife, if you're, if you're with your husband, if you're with your kids, if you're with a friend, if, if you're with people at work, no matter where you are, make sure you're all there. Yeah. Just be all there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If you have children, it means that your mind, it means that you're not off in your mind working and and sort of engaging on some sort of problem at work. No, you're right there with your little kiddos. If you're with your spouse, and I admit this, okay, I admit this, I'm guilty of this, it means that if you're with your spouse, you're not like checking emails on your stupid phone. You're all there. I mean, there is nothing worse for a marriage than to be physically present, but emotionally MIA. If you're at work or you're in a meeting, it means that you're all tuned in. Nothing else exists at that particular moment. The task is actually important to you. It matters. The people in that meeting, they matter. Wherever you are, you are all there. You need to turn the whens into nows. Start living now, because if you don't, life will be gone. I mean, seriously, live right now, today, this day, this moment. Tomorrow is no guarantee, but right now is. You are guaranteed right now. In fact, right now is actually the only guarantee you have, right? You who say today or tomorrow will go here or there, says who? Tomorrow is no guarantee, so we need to embrace this moment, wherever you are, 
be all there. So, are you guys all here? Are you with me now? Good, good. Because the second principle from the Word of God, if you're taking notes, is this. Because our days are numbered, number two, turn intentions into action. Turn intentions into action. In other words, you know that old saying, oh, it's the thought that counts. Baloney! I mean, you just try pulling that kind of junk on your wife. Sweetie, you know, I thought, I thought about getting you flowers today. That was my intention. But, you know, uh, I, I, I just didn't, I couldn't, you know, but it's the thought that counts, right? Yeah, yeah, fellas, don't be surprised if she responds right back at you, aw, and I intended to sleep with you tonight, too. <laughs> Folks, <laughs> folks turn those intentions I'm not speaking out of personal experience by the way anyways turn those intentions into actions our days are limited folks good intentions need to turn into solid real action in fact turn with me back to James 4 and notice how this passage actually ends we, we left off with this question what is your life you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes but now watch how James ends this thought he says verse 17 anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it what's the word there sins oh whoa Whoa, time out. That's like serious stuff there. See, in essence, James is saying one of the quickest ways to distance yourself with God is, is actually to be all talk, to be all thought, all intentions, no actions. It's one of the quickest ways to distance yourself between God. And, and so I hate to admit it, but it sounds like that other old saying is true. Uh, what's that saying I'm talking about? I'm talking about the one that goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly. Yeah, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, and so you actually get what James is saying here. He's saying that because our time is short, because there are no guarantees except for the day that you have right now, today, do the things you know are good right now, today. Uh, we need to turn our intentions into actions because if you're like most people I know, you actually have a lot of good intentions. You really do. I get that. But like most, you probably haven't gotten around to doing them just yet. And, and so James is reminding us, he's saying, no, 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 folks, that ain't right. Do it while you can now. Don't be so presumptuous. Don't wait for tomorrow. What if today was your last day? And, and so let me ask you, what are your good intentions that God wants you to do but you haven't done yet. Well, just think about that for a second. Maybe jot it down in your notes. What good intentions do you have that you've not followed through on? 
Maybe God's prompting you to, to reach out to that person in the office that no one really kind of likes, he's kind of awkward, or maybe that lonely kid at the lunch table, whatever it is. Maybe, maybe God wants you to connect intimately with your spouse or to spend more time with your kids. Maybe there's someone who, who hurt you, and God wants you to forgive that person. Or actually, maybe there's someone that you hurt and that you need to apologize to and ask forgiveness of. Good intentions, without any muscle, without any actions, at best, are a wash. At worst, they're a sin. I mean, that's what James calls it, right? So, so what good in, think about what good intentions do you have that you know need like this good, quick, swift kick in the butt, Right? Uh, for me and my wife, our good intentions for, it really started in the beginning of the summer, our good intention the past summer was to really get out of debt. You know, we had some school loans and whatnot, being married with three kids, and, and we were really convicted, you know, borrower is slave to the lender. And so we, we actually decided in the, in the beginning of the summer, we, st- we decided, I shared this with some of you, we decided we're going to stop using our credit cards totally, just cold turkey. Right? We, we, for the first time in nine years of marriage, we actually started a budget and we've been sticking to it. Right? We, we, we read all the books, for, you know, Dave Ramsey did the whole FPU thing. I even started leading, I started facilitating an FPU course right here at Liquid. Right? And, and so things were going great. We knew that this was a good intention that we needed to put some muscle into until one day during the summer we realized, you know what, we have three daughters, two of them outgrew their cribs. I mean, we got, we got a four-year-old. I know now it sounds like kind of like, uh, what kind of parents are you? But, um, you know... And a four-year-old, and, and now a three-year-old, the four is turning five soon, and th- th- we just needed new furniture for the kids. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but you try buying two new mattresses, two new beds, uh, you know, a, a dresser, a mirror, a nightstand, I mean, that is easily, easily we are talking about over $1,000, easily, Right? And uh, we started looking and praying and searching, and then, you know, we just, oh, we got so tempted. We, you know, a July 4th sale would come, a Father's Day sale would come, all this stuff. And we're just like, oh, you know, should we just use the credit cards? I know that we've been convicted. I know God's really been, but we're just going to just break it out this once. It's like an emergency, right? Oh, what are you going to tell the FPU people? Oh, I don't have to tell anyone in FPU anything, you know. I'll just keep it between ourselves. You know, I started getting, but then, you know, we just kept on praying and searching. And you know what? My wife, she actually found in Craigslist this, this furniture, exactly what we needed. The two beds, the dresser, the drawers, the, 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 the nightstand, the mirror, all for 150 bucks. And I talked the person down to 100 Yes! Yes! Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? So we got all this stuff for 100 bucks, right? And, and, we, and when we brought it home, I mean, I, as God is my witness, you can even ask, well, anyways... You, you can ask Dave Rose. He, he helped me uh, uh, pick the stuff up. But anyways, we, we brought it home, and we just do like this little internet research, and we found out that it was worth over $2,500. That's not even it. No, hold your clapping. That's not even it. Besides that, here's the thing. Inside one of the drawers, because we're cleaning this stuff out, right? We got all of this for 100 bucks. Inside one of the drawers, we found this little tapestry, cross-stitching. I don't know what you call it. I don't know if you can see that, but that is the Hebrew word, Shabbat. It was the only thing inside of the drawer. What, is the, what does that mean? What does Shabbat mean? It's the Hebrew word Sabbath. It means to rest. It means to relax. That I, your Lord, have this in control. See, folks, God was reminding us 
to take our good intentions, getting out of debt, not being a slave to, to, the, to, to the lender. He was taking our good intentions, and, he, and, and through that test, he was saying, are you going to stick with those good intentions? Are you going to give them muscle? Are you going to continue to put those intentions into actions? Because at the same time, I want you to rest knowing that I'm totally in control. Folks, I can't make this stuff up. See, folks, you have no idea what kind of power and what kind of surprises God may have in store for you when you act, when you act on what he places in your heart, when your intentions turn into actions and you are obedient to what he calls you to do. So never let the good go undone. Do it now, today. You know, do you guys remember last Sunday's message? Pastor Tim, he was actually sharing, he said, ordinary obedience, right? He was talking about ordinary obedience before the extraordinary experience. I, I just have to wonder here, I just have to pause for a, for a second here and, and ask, you know, I, I wonder how many of you were just so convicted last week. But I wonder if there was any follow-through. Now, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. That's the last thing I want to do. But, but whatever it was that you said that you would do last Sunday, did your intentions actually turn into actions? Or is this just like a regular old Sunday to you? Just the same old, same old. Folks, you need to forgive the person now. You need to apologize today. You need to cut the internet. Call an old friend. I'm not talking about an old girlfriend. Okay? Oh, well, Pastor Tom said I should call you. And... No, 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 no. You, you know exactly what I mean. Do the right thing now. You know, one of the Proverbs actually puts it this way. Proverbs 3, verse 28 says, Do not say to your neighbor, Come back later. I, I, I'll give it tomorrow. When you now have it with you. In other words, so long as it is called today, do it. See, folks, our days are really numbered. And if today was your last day, you'd be wise to get out of the when-then business. And you would be wise to turn your intentions into actions. But as crucial as those principles are, the one last point that completely like dwarfs them all. And, and don't get me wrong now, the, those, those points are important. They're, they're absolutely crucial. But you know what? I would trade them all and more in a heartbeat for this last one. And, and, and this last point is this. Be, because our days are numbered, number three, give your whole heart to Jesus. Folks, don't, don't let this just like, like in one ear, out the, out the other ear. Just, just your whole heart, your whole life. See, folks, the way I see it, it's, it's like this. It, it's not that we, especially in the Western world, it, it's not that we haven't heard enough about Jesus. It, it, it's actually that, that too many of us have heard enough about Jesus, 
but we're just turning a portion of our lives to Christ. Just a little part of our hearts and not the whole thing. It's like this, okay? How many of you have gotten a flu shot, right? Okay, I see some hands. My, my, my family, our whole, the whole gang, we, we got our flu shots a couple days ago, and, and, and so this is like very fresh still in my mind. I mean, think about this. What happens when you actually go to get a flu shot, right? The doctor says something like, okay, I need you to be a big boy now. Get ready. Right, well, okay, big girl now, right? Get ready. You need to make a tight fist. Look the other way. You feel a little pinch, and, and he tells you not to cry. He gives you a nice little sticker, right? But what's actually happening in that sequence there, right? If you think about it, the doctor, the doctor is actually giving you a vaccine, and you all know what a vaccine really is, right? It's actually a little bit of the flu. Just enough to make you resistant to the whole thing, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Folks, honestly, as a pastor, one of my greatest fears is that especially in churches today, we've got a whole lot of people with a little bit of Jesus. Just enough. Just enough to make us resistant to all of him. And so basically, we live our lives, and we look and we sound like this. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna no thanks, dude. I'm just gonna I'm gonna live my life right now. I'm gonna pursue the things that I want. Hey, check me out. Everything's cool. I'm doing things my way. And every now and then, we give uh, Jesus a little shout out, right? We give him a little wave on Sunday. It's like we get a little Jesus shot, and oh, thank you. And and, and so you know what, Jesus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> A little bit of Jesus, all right, I get it. Okay, so I'll give a little bit back in return. I'll, I'll go to church once in a while. Hey, look at me, Jesus, putting a little dollar into the bucket, right? Got a little bit of Jesus, just enough to keep me from really knowing all of him. But you see, folks, our days are numbered. The psalmist says, your life is the width of your hand. Uh, it, 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 the scriptures say you're a mist. Appears for a little while and then poof, gone. And, and this is why there's, folks, there is nothing better you could possibly do at this very moment than to say, Jesus, I don't want to be away from you. I, I, I don't want to do my own thing. I don't want to live with, with this like sin wrecking my life. I want to know all of you. I want all of me for all of you. I want to know all your truth, your power, your love. Jesus, I want to turn my whole heart to you right now. Not just a little bit, but all of me. See, folks, there's this encounter in the Gospel of Mark chapter 12. And it's actually one that, that sort of gripped me for a while. To be honest, it's actually kind of scared me. Okay? See, Jesus, it's a very familiar passage. Jesus was actually having this conversation with people, and, and someone asked him, Hey, so you know, what, what's, the most, like, what's like the most important thing we need to know? What's the, what's the greatest commandment of them all? And you guys remember what Jesus' answer was. Jesus said, you know, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. You need to love others as you love yourself. 
Uh, but this guy who asked the question, he goes, well, yeah, you know, I get that. And, and so Jesus actually recognized that this man, this man knew the truth here, but he didn't know it here. What's the distance between here and here again? 18 inches, exactly, right? He, he knew it in his head, but he didn't know it in his heart. And, and so that's when Jesus, this is the part that kind of freaks me out here, that's when Jesus said some words to him, kind of rattled me. Check out what the scriptures say here in Mark chapter 12, verse 34. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, using his head, he said to him, you are, and let's read those two words together, not far from the kingdom of God. Don't miss that. Don't miss that, folks. Jesus said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. In other words, you're close. You're so close, but you're not yet there. You're at the doorstep. You're on the doormat, but you're not inside. And honestly, I mean, all jokes aside, all ha-has, you know, all the fancy illustrations, all the stories aside, honestly, that's one of my greatest fears for so many of you here today. That you're not far from the kingdom of God. I mean, for crying out loud, you're sitting here. It's a Sunday. You're in church. You're, you're listening to a message. Maybe you're listening online. And, 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 so, and you might even understand a few things about Jesus. You may have even grown up in the church. You may be very familiar with Jesus and his words and the Bible and all the stories. So you're all so very close. But some of you may not be all there yet. You're so close. But you're not there. You've got a little bit of Jesus, no doubt. But it's not all of him. And so folks, here is where you need to turn when into now the most. Now is when you most need to turn your intentions into action. Not tomorrow, but today is when you need to turn your whole heart, not just a part of it, to Jesus Christ today. Because you know what? If today really was your last day, do you know where you would spend tomorrow? And maybe, maybe some of you are actually thinking through that now for the first time, or at least the first time seriously. And so I want to actually invite you all to hear from our friend Stacy one more time. Because I think, I think when you see and hear her story again, what you'll see is a person who knows better than just about anyone the truth that life is a mist and that we need to give our whole life to Jesus, to the one who has already given us his whole life, Jesus Christ, today. You know, I feel like I want to be more present in the moment because I don't have very many moments left. And so I just, I try to enjoy every moment. And, um, 
even in the mundane things, you know, I mean, that's the harder thing to do, but even in the mundane things, I try to just enjoy it, even if that means, you know, talking to God or singing to Him, you know. Um, but I, I try not to take anything for granted because we're, we're not guaranteed anything, you know. And I know I don't have much, many moments left. So I want to enjoy every bit of it. You, you've got to really have a relationship with Him, not just religion, but a relationship with Him. Because there will be something that's going to come along that's going to knock you off your feet, and you're going to need Him. And so I am just a totally different person than I was seven years ago. But I also think I'm a, a lot different person than I was in May, you know? because I am starting to number my days aright and gain a heart of wisdom, you know? It's what's important. Things aren't important. Going places, that's not important. Um, family, friends, relationships, that's what's important. It really is. It's the only thing that you can really, I guess, in a way, take with you in your heart, you know? Don't expect tomorrow to come. It may not be there. You, need to, you can't wait until you're sick to start living because, to be honest with you, a lot of the time you don't feel good enough to do what you want to do, you know? You need to start living now. Now. There's no wait until the doctor tells you. You need to fix the relationship now. You need to live in the moment now. You need to enjoy yourself and the people that you're with now. Don't wait. Folks, how, how would you answer that question? If today were your last day, would you actually be ready to meet your maker? I mean, right now. Do, do you know where you're headed? Should today be your last day? I mean, you heard it right there from Stacy, right? This young, beautiful wife and mother of two. She said, don't expect tomorrow to come. You may not be there. You can't wait until you're sick to start living. You need to start living now, now. You need to fix the relationship now. You need to live in the moment now. You need to love the people that you're with now. Don't wait. Folks, we need to stop playing the when-then game. Our days are numbered. We need to turn our good intentions, those things that you know a good and perfect Heavenly Father is whispering in your heart to do. We need to give them legs. We need to turn our intentions into actions. But most importantly, if you haven't done so already, you need to give your whole heart, your whole life to Jesus Christ Right now, you need to trade in your broken temporary life for the whole eternal life of Jesus Christ right now. Not just like this little part of it, because you're not just going to accept a little part of Jesus' life. You're going to accept the whole thing. We need to give our whole hearts to Him. We need to go for it all right now. We need to give Him your all right now. God 
Did you know that God's already offered you all of himself through his son, Jesus Christ? And so what are we waiting for? Folks, there's no time like right now. Let's pray. God, I just... Father, I just want to come before you, Lord, and I just, uh, I just confess to you right now, Lord, that I, I just pretentiously, I, I just presume, I just assume that I have, you know, X amount of days to live, and it's always a big number, God, and I just, I waste so much of it away, Lord, and, and, I, and I know that I'm not alone in that, Lord, but, but right now, my heart is heaviest right now for someone that's like just on the fence, for someone that is just on the edge of their seats, God, and, and, and maybe they, they've reserved so much for themselves. They, they've not given you yet their whole heart, their whole life. And, and, and so I just pray for them right now that the, by the power of your spirit, not, not because of, of man's wisdom or strength, or anything, but by your spirit, you get all the credit, God. I just pray for that person right now they're on the seat, and they know in their heart of hearts that they've only given you a part, expecting your whole, Lord. If they've only given you a part of their hearts, a part of their lives, I pray right now through your Holy Spirit that you would convict them, Lord, to take that step of faith and accept all of you and give you all of their hearts right now. Lord, I pray that your spirit would do that right now. I just, with everyone's eyes closed, just your, your head bowed. If, if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? Just in, this is between you and God. This is, not be, this is not between you and me. This is not between anything. Great, I see that hand. Great, I, this is between you and God. This is you and God. You know that you've only done a part. You've only, you've only given them a part of your heart. You've only given a part of your life. But he wants it all, and he's giving you all. Awesome. 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 I saw that. Awesome. Let's pray. Father, Father, you see, you see the hands, Lord. You see the hands. They are yours. Father, you claimed them for yourself. Father, thank you so much for your sacrifice, you sacrificing your only son, Jesus Christ, for our sins. Lord, uh, these principles that we see through scriptures, none is more important than that you love us, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He who did not spare anything but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Thank you, God, that that is true. Lord, we love you and we worship you. And I pray, Father, that, that we might all um, take in and embrace the reality that our days are numbered. Uh, but Father, that we have new life, in fact, eternal life, through your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.